Well, good morning, my friends. Uh, This is podcast, (coughs) excuse me, out of nowhere, podcast number 576. Uh, We're going to be in Revelation chapter 18. You're going to have to listen fast tonight because I'm going to, or today, because I'm uh, covering quite a bit of material on this Friday, and then I'll have four more next week, and then I'm taking a break for two months. And I got to tell you, I am ready for a break, and you're probably ready for a break from me, but uh, we're going to be... Again, trying to cover a lot of ground today uh, in Revelation 18. But let me pray for us. Lord, I ask you to open our eyes and enhance our understanding so we can grasp what you want us to learn today. I also ask you to enable us by your spirit to apply the truths we learn today to our daily lives and to be guided moment by moment by your word. Let's read our memory verse in Revelation 1.3. It says, blessed is the one, let's read it aloud, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. I'm going to turn to Revelation 18, but I'm going to go right from Ron Rhodes' book today. Um, we're not going to look up a lot of scripture, because I just want to go through these scriptures. And Remember, we, yesterday we talked about uh, the religious Babylon. I believe there's two. Not everybody does, but... Uh, um, I believe Babylon, or excuse me, represents two, re- represents a religious side and also an economic or commercial side. So we're going to find out about the destruction of commercial Babylon. Now, we are in the heat of um, the tribulation when we're talking about this and talking about what has happened. So let's go. Revelation 18. Uh, again, we just read portions of each verse in Ron Rhodes' book. And again, I want to give him credit. I saw another angel coming down. This portion of Revelation represents an interesting irony. Listen to this. While the Antichrist is preparing his armies to attack Israel, which is the initial stages of the campaign of Armageddon, God judges and destroys the Antichrist economic headquarters in Babylon along the Euphrates rivers. And again, I believe river, I believe this is, um, uh, the Antichrist headquarters. I believe this is the the commercial headquarters of the Antichrist, and I believe it's the actual city Babylon al- along the Euphrates River. This destruction will come on Babylon as a direct, decisive judgment from the hand of God. God uh, has a time frame for each thing that He does, and He will not be stopped. Um, indeed, God will settle the score for Babylon's long history of standing against His people of Israel, and this goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and God will have no mercy on them. Um, this will apparently occur at the almost the very end of the seven-year tribulation period. So we're in the, um, the heat of it, and uh, we're getting to the end of it. Uh, the earth was made bright with his glory, chapter 18, verse 1. This does not necessarily mean that the angel has intrinsic glory. It is more likely that Having uh, just come from God's presence, similar to Moses, remember when he came down off the mountain in Exodus chapter 34, and he had to veil his face. And uh, Paul says to this day, uh, he uses the analogy of uh, of a veil being on the Israelites, the Jewish face, who don't represent or don't recognize Jesus Christ. And so um, the glory that this angel has probably is not just his glory, it's coming from the presence of God. Fallen, fallen, Babylon um, the great is fallen. The dual occurrence of the word fallen apparently indicates both the woeful condition of commercial political Babylon as well as the certainty of its judgment. This is it's going to be swift and it's going to be precise. Uh, says she has become a dwelling place for demons. Listen to this. A haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. This is not 
um, your tourist slogan, uh, slogan for Babylon. This demonstrates how horrific God's judgment will be. Babylon will become utterly desolate. And it won't be because uh, of anything they've done other than the judgment of God upon them. Before that, as ungodly as it was, um, it was still a powerful place, but God intervenes and takes it down. Verse 3 says, All the nations have drunk the wine of the passion over sexual morality. Whether this actually represents true sexual immorality, that's probably part of it, but it, it represents this selling out uh, uh, for economic purposes. And there is a sadness that comes with it because of the, the about, um, it's about to become an economic wasteland rather than this political and economic power. Um, so this fornication, this sexual morality is really turning away from the standards of God and turning to this idolatrous living uh, for profit and for gain. The merchants of the earth have grown rich. Because of the commercial success of the city, merchants around the world will become wealthy. Anti-God materialism will be rampant. The city and all that it represents will be ripe for judgment. This is why some people believe um, uh, Babylon here <coughs> is not Babylon the city, but it's New York or one of the, the great uh, uh, financial places of the world, but uh, I believe with some uh, that this is going to be actually uh, uh, Babylon. Uh, verse 4 says, Another voice come out of her, my people. John then hears another voice from heaven, perhaps an angel who speaks for God, urging the faithful to dis disassociate from Babylon. Otherwise, sin may result and they may end up being. Uh, uh, on the receiving end of the plagues that will shortly come on Babylon. If they separate, the implication is they will receive God's protection. Both Isaiah and Jeremiah call the people of God to leave uh, Babylon at different times in history. And so this is not unusual. God is always about calling his people away from sinful conditions. There is a point where uh, ministry or um, opportunities to share are no longer there and God calls people away so that they don't get distracted and get entangled with the sin of the area. Her sins are heaped high as heaven. Here's the reason why God's people must quickly exit Babylon. Babylon's sins are almost immeasurable. God has remembered her iniquities. His patience has now been exhausted. Judgment is about to fall and a righteous and holy God must judge such unrepentant evil and he draws them away. This is another reason why I believe in the rapture. If some people say, well, God will protect his own during all of this stuff, then why does he call people out here? These again are people who are involved um, in this. They're um, uh, people who come through or in the tribulation who have not given their lives yet, but have not been um, have not been compromised because <clears throat> the church is gone. But again, why would God call the church away again? Because God's dealing with not the church here; He's dealing with the Jews. This is this is the time of Jacob's trouble, so He's dealing with His people, uh, the Jews. Then it says, pay her back, repay her double, verse 6 uh, of chapter 18. Here we find an echo of, of uh, the law of retaliation. With the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Matthew 7, 2 says this. Galatians 6, 7 says, be not deceived. God is not mock. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's coming to this point where there's going to be judgment uh, handed out by God. Uh, verse 7, give her a like measure of torment or mourning since in her heart, she says, I sit as a queen. 
What irony we see in this verse. Though Babylon has been proud, she will now be humbled. Though Babylon enjoyed glory and luxury, she will now be brought low in torment and mourning. Though Babylon had pretended to be a king, she will now be, or queen, she will now be brought low by the royal king of kings. Babylon had seemed superior in everywhere, but its moral uh, inferiority will now be judged. And can I tell you, our moral inferiority will come to the surface. When we think we have it all together, the Bible says, when you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. We need to humble ourselves before God. We need to repent of our sin. We need to ask him to forgive us. We, not, we don't need to take some moral high ground um, that we can't because we are in ourselves. We are sinners in need of a savior. <clears throat> and it says her pl plagues will come in a single day. The people of God must make haste to separate themselves from the evil system of Babylon. Again, when he says the people of God, we're talking about the Jews and probably uh, probably many Gentiles, but we're not talking about the church of God. It's already been removed. Mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. Verse say Babylon had thought itself to be mighty, but she's about to run into the true mighty God himself. Let's continue to move on. Uh, verse 9, the king of uh, the kings of the earth who committed sexual morality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail. Now, again, sexual immorality is not to be taken literally, but is rather a graphic metaphor indicating that these leaders were intimately connected, prostituting themselves with the anti-God Babylonian system. And they, the scripture says, will witness the smoke of Babylon burning. And what will their response be verse 10 you great city you mighty city the world leaders will recognize that babylon had been great and mighty but more mighty than this city will be the mighty divine judge god almighty who bears the city who brings the city to ruin in a single hour your judgment has come verse 10 babylon will fall rapidly this means that the world leaders watching from a distance perhaps live television internet feeds whatever will have no time to prepare for the calamity or make economic adjustments in order to save their own countries and their own financial futures. The merchants of the earth, verse 11, will weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore. This is why some people believe that what it's talking about is a place called Rome, a city uh, by, by the water. But I don't believe that's what it is. I just believe this is a uh, a way of looking at it. The Euphrates is, or, or Babylon is on by the Euphrates as well. It's, 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 but it, but it's really looking not so much about, uh, I don't believe it's about shipping as much as it is about buying into their global system. Anymore, as we see, much of what happens now, it happens even just without even going to a certain place. Um, you know, we have everything available to us. The economic system itself will collapse and all who are affiliated with this system can no longer buy or sell. This is why, again, some people think it's New York and it's the stock market. Cargo, the listing of multiple commercial products in verses 12 and 13 indicates that prior to the fall of economic Babylon, global trade will be extensive. So all of those things that are listed um, bring about this, this global empire, uh, powerful empire uh, economically. The religious Babylon has fallen and now the commercial Babylon is about to um, go the same way, and it's going to go quickly. And I believe it's going to go quickly because God swiftly judges, but also there's no opportunity um, 
for anyone else to try to hedge their bet and go some other way and make money. Whoever's affiliated is going to be brought down. Why? Because they're guilty by association. They've sold out and prostituted themselves for financial gain. The fruit of which your soul uh, longed has gone. Verse 14, these trade merchants will lose all the luxurious possessions that their eyes uh, have, have longed for. Gone forever will be everything that they wanted. From food to clothing to jewels to everything that they stood for. The merchants will stand afar off. These individuals will be stunned in disbelief and they won't be able to do anything about it. But the emotionally, uh, they will be emotionally unprepared for how fast this happens and that's why they weep uh, over her. Verse 16, fine linen and purple and scarlet adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. Notice how Babylon as an economic system is described much like Babylon as a religious system was. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls. This is the attractiveness of Babylon uh, uh, metaphorically here. She's described and being dressed like a prostitute. Uh, and the people who have come or like her, her Johns, if you will, and they've sold out for this. In a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. And people would say, how could that possibly happen? Have you looked at the market lately? Have you looked at what happens in a single hour, a single week, a single month? These people are so globally connected that in a single hour, everything could be laid to waste. It'll be worse than the 1929 stock market because it's, it's going to be God's judgment upon uh, what's going on. Um, four categories of sea people are uh, affected by this dire turn of events. That's why some people look at Babylon in, in, as different. Shipmasters, seafaring men, sailors, and all those who trade on the sea, such as fishermen or pearl divers. These individuals mourn over what has happened to Babylon. Perhaps the shipmasters or seafaring men and sailors mourn because they're involved in transport or and the distribution of merchandise. Uh, perhaps those who trade, uh, whose trade is on the sea, mourn because, like everything else, their goods will no longer be purchased. Uh, or perhaps it's metaphorical. We don't know for sure. Um, verse 19, they threw dust on their heads. In Old Testament times, putting dust on one's head was a common means of expressing great grief, not necessarily repentance. Here's the difference. Great grief. Um, verse 20, rejoice over her, O heaven. God has given judgment for uh, you against her. Here we witness a change of scenery from earth's perspective to heaven's perspective. We saw how um, the earth responded with great grief and mourning and a disbelief. Heaven is told to rejoice because this is the judgment of the Lord. In contrast to the grief-stricken earth dwellers, God's people in heaven will respond with exuberant joy when economic Babylon collapses. It is interesting to observe that heaven also rejoiced when ancient Babylon fell, Jeremiah chapter 51. The times may change, but heaven also rejoices, always rejoices when sin is overthrown. God's people rejoice that God's righteousness and justice will prevail. Go to verse 21. A mighty angel took up a stone, threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence. Again, you look at these pictures, uh, these examples, these um, the way that these, this is written so poetically. This graphically symbolizes the demise of Babylon in judgment. In Bible times, millstones were huge, weighing thousands of pounds. 
they were used to grind uh, grain. When such large and weighty stones are thrown into the sea, they can never be recovered. Similarly, once Babylon falls in judgment, it will never rise again. Babylon's destruction will be permanent. We are towards the end of what God is doing on the earth. And one of the last things he will do is to judge Babylon. He'll destroy the Antichrist headquarters. Um, in her was found the blood of prophets and saints, verse 24. Our passage closes with a reason for God's judgment and destruction of Babylon. The sea was responsible for slaying God's prophets and its saints. God's people had been martyred because of their testimonies for Jesus. Those associated with Babylon shed the blood of God's witnesses, and now their blood will be shed in response. God brings about his justice. Vengeance is his, we hear in Romans chapter 12, verses 19 through 21. Economic Babylon and falls, and the second coming is imminent. As we get into uh, the last chapters of Revelation next week, I pray that you're still still around and still hanging around and still excited because we're getting out of the tribulation period. We're getting into the millennial reign of Christ, um, the, uh, the the second coming, the millennial reign, the um, the great um, um, rejoicing, uh, the new heaven, the new earth. We've gotten through all of those chapters, and I pray you're still around to get to this final few chapters. Let me pray for us. Second Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you. Until we talk again.